you never know what you're going to get. You never know what could happen if you don't do anything about it. If you sit there and say, you know, that's great for Kamanzi, that's great for Jared, that's great for so-and-so, and then you just stay in disbelief, it's never going to happen for you. But if you can say, I'm at least willing to explore, I'm at least willing to, to see what's possible, that's when you can take those first few steps and that's when you can have the opportunities happen in your life. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. And of course, joining us as always from Maui, Hawaii, Aloha, Kamanzi Constable. Aloha, Jared. All right. So Kamanzi, a little bit of uh, international flavor is going into this episode, partially because my wife and I are packing our bags. We're getting our suitcases ready to go on a cruise to visit a few places. And then, of course, you just got back from unbelievable (laughs) <laughs> an unbelievable experience in, in multiple countries. And then you're packing just to go out again. So let's start talking about some of the international stuff coming up and and why does that matter to the Star of the Doubts audience? Yeah, I just got back. I went on a trip to Madrid, Spain and Marrakesh, Morocco. I was doing some training for a company that has offices. It has eight offices all over the world. I'll actually be going to all of those offices in some pretty cool countries. But I went to Madrid. I went there for a few reasons, Jared. One was to speak, obviously. Two was to finish my fourth book called The Seven Choices You Regret at the End of Your Life, just to have some time away from coaching and interviews and kids and all that stuff, a little quiet time just to to finish the book, and then also to plan out 2016. So um, going to Madrid, it was nice. It was uh, a little shocking because, you know, I live here on a tiny island where there's not a lot of people. So to go to a place like Madrid and just see like millions and thousands and just a lot of people in this little area that I was staying in, it was uh, it was a little bit overwhelming for me as an introvert. I wanted to hide in the hotel room a few times. But Madrid was was just it was amazing, Jared. There was uh, so much to do, so much to see. So, Kamadi, let's think back to when you were delivering bread in Milwaukee in those freezing winters, and now you're hanging out in Madrid with an opportunity to speak to a group and and be paid for doing that. That's quite a <laughs> a night and day difference. So, why do you think it's important for people who are listening to start thinking beyond just the United States or wherever their country is and start thinking international or global? Yeah, I think it's part of the whole message that we gave a few podcasts ago where we talked about this idea of dreaming bigger. I would have never thought that I could speak when I self-published my first book. Speaking wasn't even on my radar. But then in 2012, somebody said, hey, will you come to West Virginia and speak? It came on my radar. I didn't want to do it, but then I did it and it was it was an interesting experience. The whole thing was interesting. After that, I thought, huh, where else could I go? And the second speech was in New York. And then in New York, getting the offer to come to Sydney, Australia. So that that's kind of how that journey started. But I would have, again, I would have never thought about doing any of this kind of stuff. And once you get like a little bit of taste of that, then you realize, you know, what a cool experience it is. Because I, in addition to going to Madrid, I also went to Marrakesh, Morocco, Northern Africa, I I lived in Kenya for two years, but Northern Africa is a whole, like, it seems like another planet. The difference it is between East Africa and North Africa. 
and it was a it was a crazy experience seeing the uh, the cobras and the snake charmers, and <laughs> <laughs> I stayed in the Medina, which is the old school part of Morocco. There is a new school and an old school. I stayed in the old school part where there is the it's very Muslim. You hear the prayers five times a day, very loudly throughout the city. There's days and times when things are closed, and, and there's a there's a lot going on there. And I stayed in a Riyadh, which was interesting. And the first night there, Jared, our friend Chelsea Avery had told me about this, and I didn't think anything of it. But the souks there, where the Riyads are, they're like these narrow alleys, for lack of a better word to get to the Riyads, which are the houses there, the old school houses there. And it's like a maze. You go in the sook and you have no clue where you are, where you're going. You need somebody that can direct you or like a map. I tried to get to the Riyadh. I turned on Google Maps. Google Maps failed me. And I'm in this little narrow hallways at 1 a.m., like shady characters are walking by me like I was legitimately terrified. It was a, it was a, a scary <laughs> experience. Yeah, it was really scary. So Chelsea was spot on about that. It was very scary. But this whole idea of going to Spain and to Morocco and to not even just traveling, but just doing things that are outside of your comfort zone and dreaming bigger. I think it's important to help you grow as a person. I think it's important for your dream. It's important for your life because that's how you grow and the world has so much to offer. And I mean, if, if that trip wasn't cool enough to be on the ride home, coming home, I was on uh, the conference that had booked me to speak, had paid for first class tickets all the way there, all the way back on an international trip. Those first class seats are pretty sweet. I was on a KLM flight from Amsterdam to LA and I was on the upper deck of a 747. And we're all just... <laughs> Sitting there, we're we're waiting to take off. All of a sudden, last minute, there's like this big entourage of people that come. And it's like, you know, like, what's going on? Like this big entourage. Everybody sits down and somebody stands up. And I just look up and something clicked in my mind. Look back down, look back up. I'm like, am I seeing things? I look up, Jared, and sitting right next to me is Christian Bale, the actor who played Batman, the Dark Knight in the Dark Knight series. And he was sitting right next to me and I didn't believe it at first. I'm like, that's not him. I asked the guy next to me, I'm like, is that Christian Bale? He's not in his head. Yes. Like a thousand times. I'm like, that is Batman right there. <laughs> so I'm like, Hey, <laughs> Mr. Bale, I don't, I don't mean to bother you. I know you get this a lot, but I just want to let you know I'm a, a cool fan. He's like, cool. What's your name? I'm like, come on. He's like, nice to meet you. And that was about the extent of our conversation, but it was <laughs> pretty cool to see him. And one thing that I haven't shared, Jared, like I shared this on Facebook, one thing I didn't share was the whole flight, he was watching soccer, like, you know, on the entertainment system, he wasn't watching movies, he wasn't watching anything else, he's just watching soccer, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, it's a little creepy that you were watching <laughs> soccer. <laughs> well, I didn't see him the whole time, but yeah, when I glanced over. Batman likes soccer. Yeah, well, maybe he just was tired of movies, who knows. I got to say, I'm proud of you, Kamani, because the temptation could have been for you to chase him. And uh, I think because you've written this book, you knew you know, not to do that, to be polite, but not to do that. Well, I can only imagine wherever he goes, how many people are hitting him up or all on him and, hey, can I get a picture and blah, blah, blah. I can't even imagine the level that he has to go through with that. <laughs> oh, man. Plus, I can imagine. plus we've, I've heard things about him. So I wasn't trying to see if those things were true. 
Yeah, I've heard, not that we want to make the podcast about this, but I've heard sometimes he's not the nicest person in person. So it sounds like you had a good experience and that's good. Yeah, but the whole experience, all of it, um, I was able to finish the book. I did the talk. I had some time to tour and explore, but I also had a lot of time to think. And that's the one thought that was constantly in my mind. I thought back to that episode we had recorded. I even listened to it again about thinking bigger and just this idea of what is available to us today that was not available before in years past. Could you imagine, Jared, in years past, like trying to get a book published or trying to get a speaking event to pay you to speak or much less cover your expenses or even this podcast? Could you imagine this in years back? I mean, the opportunities now are, are amazing. And I, I was getting a haircut before we did this call and the lady cutting my hair was like she's friends with me on Facebook. And she's like, I just see all these things that are happening in your life. And I'm blown away by that. Most people don't, you know, they don't think the way you do. Or, and I, I kind of laughed. I was like, you know, you're right. I mean, a year and a half ago when I first met this lady, you know, a lot of things have happened with the book and with podcast movement and with the podcast. And, and it is, it's a new world that we live in. And anyone who wants to get serious and, and get focused and use the tools that are available, they can uh, create some amazing opportunities. Yeah. It truly is amazing. And as you alluded to, I, I leave in a little over a week. I'm heading to Israel. I'll be in Paris, Israel, and Egypt, which will be a cool experience. I get to hang out with our friends, uh, Marin and Julie. So I, has Marin been on the show, Jared? Yeah, yeah. Marin is a good friend of the show. He's been a guest on the show. And yeah, he spoke at Podcast Movement this year, came all the way from Israel to speak in Texas. And <laughs> Man, that was just so cool to be able to to get that hang time with him and Julie. And Julie's a super fan of Lana. She's been always so cool with Lana. And so for her to get to meet Lana, you know, not just online, but actually in person, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's going to be fun to go to Israel, hang out with them there, share a meal. But just the chance to do all this stuff and to do it for a living um, seems surreal to me. Wow. It really does. Okay, so I want to talk to you real quick about this app I just heard about, Kamanzi, and I want to see if you had an opinion on this. So there's some people who are saying, ah, you know, I'm not going to be able to travel or I'm not going to be able to do anything international. And so maybe you and I can unpack a few things that people could consider doing, even if they're not currently in a position to travel internationally. And one of the apps I just found out about that I thought was pretty interesting is an app called Nice Talk. Have you heard of this, Kamanzi? Mm-mm. <laughs> okay, mm. this is kind of funny. So what it is, is it's an app that pays you to basically speak English with Chinese students who are trying to learn English. So mm-hmm. think of like Skype or something like that, where you're just sitting there having a conversation with someone. This app, you can sign up and then you can have a conversation, let's say for an hour with someone in English, uh, someone you know Chinese who's practicing their English. And it, Nice Talk app will pay you $10 an hour to, to have these conversations with these students. Yeah, I think, well, that's one of the ways that a lot of people do travel is they go to a country and they teach English at some school or just through some organization. So yeah, to be able to do that in the app now, I think that's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in that, say, hey, I want to make $10 an hour. You know, maybe I'm just sitting around. I have some free time and I want to make, I'd rather make 10 bucks in that hour than do nothing. You don't mind talking with students who are practicing their English. You can download an app called Nice Talk, N-I-C-E-T-A-L-K. And there's two apps. There's one that's clearly in Chinese and one that's in English. The one that's in English is a blue app. And um, it's almost got like a picture of a smiley face that looks similar to a camera. And we'll, we'll put a picture of that in the show notes on starvethedoubts.com. But nice talk app. Yeah, if you're just looking to make a little extra 
money and, and uh, you know, kind of have conversations with international people and broaden your horizons a little bit or, or just, uh, you know, worst case, just make a few extra bucks. That's a way to do it. Yeah. And if you found if that one is available, I would guess that there would be more like that in other languages and all kinds of different stuff I would have to guess. <laughs> Well, and that could be an opportunity for someone who's wanting to get into app development is how many other countries and how many other languages may not have something like this, but they should. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who's to say? So, yeah, if, uh, bigger. I'll, I'll link. Yeah, I'll, I'll link to this this article where I first found about this in the show notes. But, yeah, nice talk is cool. When you were getting these speaking gigs in Australia and consulting gigs in London and things like that, how are you? Going from I don't have any international connections to now someone's paying me to fly overseas. I think the best advice that I could give for me, it was, let's say, chance. It was a God thing, right? Because I was in New York speaking and the audience was the conference organizer from the conference in Sydney. So, you know, it wasn't anything that I orchestrated. So that it just happened. That's the way that it happened. That's how I got my first experience. But if it did not happen that way. I think the easiest thing to do, well, a couple of easy things to do is one, find a company that has offices in different countries, especially if it's somewhere where you live, you live like in a bigger city, like a Texas or a New York or whatever. If you live in a bigger city, there's companies that have offices all over the world. It would be easier to approach that company, maybe do some training there and then see about going to their offices in other parts of the world. That's the company that I'm doing that I did in Spain and in Morocco. That's exactly what happened. Did a few of their offices. Now they want me to come to the rest. The other way to do it is to just find conferences, to find them. So using like Google or in years, I mean, it must have been a year ago, Jared and I talked about how to book paid speaking. Use a site like Lanyard, Lanyard.com, L-A-N-Y-R-D. Yep. So, uh, so there's another site called allconferences.com allconferences.com. And it's just a directory of all conferences all over the world. The thing is that an American speaking at a conference in another country, even in this day and age, is still a draw for that conference. They'll get a few more people to sign up. It's interesting. I know when I spoke in Israel in 2013, I was the only English speaker. And they thought that was like the most interesting thing ever. Like everything was in everything was in Hebrew. Like the the pamphlets, the, all the everything. I didn't know what was going on. All the talks, everything. I would just sit in these sessions, Jared, like not in my head. Like, yeah, that sounds great. Good. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are they saying? <laughs> yeah. So it's still a draw in a lot of parts of the world to have an American there. So if you can find the events and pitch yourself as this American who's done X and X, I'm an American. I'm a podcaster. I'm a writer, I'm a, you know, just whatever social proof that you have, it's still a draw for the conference. The hardest part is getting enough money to go to speak there because it's not cheap to fly internationally. It's not cheap at all. So if you get a few of those under underneath your belt, having that experience internationally is wonderful. Jared and I talked on one of the podcasts about the John Maxwell thing and, and having that name recognition. <laughs> yeah. And the, the organizer there was looking for somebody who had international experience. So just if you can get even like, our, let's say you live in America, you live in North America, you know, Canada's above us, Mexico's below us, that's international. So start there, find some events there. That's like your jumping off point and then leverage that to try to go after other opportunities. Whoa! 
so I, I want to share this, come on, because I, I've heard you share this advice before, and I thought, okay, it can't be this easy. There's something to this. So I, I decided, all right, I just on the on the side on my own, I'm gonna attempt your advice. So I went on one of these sites. I think it was at that time it was Lanyard, and I found a conference that was in England. And so I went through, you know, the what I thought to be the right steps, contacted the event organizer, put together a presentation, uh, submission proposal. And what was awesome is they reviewed it and they came back to me and said, hey, we would absolutely love to have you come and speak. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so, but here's what happened. Here's the gotcha. So my next step was like, well, hey, let's, let's discuss, uh, you know, travel reimbursement on honorariums. And this might've been where, you know, my rookie hood came through, but they immediately responded, well, you know, we're, we're, we don't have a budget to pay you. And I thought, okay, obviously I'm not going to be able to come. I'm not going to, in this position I'm in, I'm not going to, you know, spend the money to just come over and speak for free in England. You know, that might make sense if I'm speaking in Orlando or something, but, it, but it's not going to make sense for me to travel all the way to, to England, at least where I'm at right now. So it worked, what you said worked, but it didn't work in the sense of, of creating a paid opportunity, at least for that example. So I thought I'd share that. That's my own little litmus test is uh, this advice you're saying is, is working, but you just got to uh, sift through the opportunities that are paid versus the opportunities that are, yeah, we'd love to have you, you know, come on over. And for those of you that have used a virtual assistant, you know, here's kind of a 201 thing that Jared and I, we've, uh, this is even in Stop Chasing Influencers in our new book that's coming out in a couple months. You can hire a virtual assistant that will go through and find the paid events for you. You put them on the task, say, this is what I'm looking for. This is my criteria. They're going to sort through it. They're going to sort through the events. They're going to do a lot of the work that you would do that would take your time and create like a spreadsheet for you that says, here's the events. Here's the ones that pay. Here's the organizers. And here's who you need to contact. And that's exactly what I did in 2012 was the only time in my life, Jared, that I've used a virtual assistant. That's the only time it was to help me find these paid events and put them in a spreadsheet. I think that's another podcast right there is how in the world do you get so much done without a, any help? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually well, going to put that on our podcast. Uh, it's probably not list. a good thing. Yeah, it's probably not a good thing because I'm a little bit of a control freak and it's not a good thing. <laughs> I think we'll label that episode. No VA, no problem. <laughs> but like, what you just said about like conferences, I love conferences, but conferences do have budget. That's why I'm a little bit more of a fan of the companies. I just read this stat, Jared, that companies paid outside consultants $42.4 billion in 2014. So I think that's a common mistake that some people are making saying, hey, I want to I speak. So they're immediately thinking, okay, I need to speak at an event. But to your point, don't limit yourself to just events. Start looking at, okay, who are organizations that I could speak to, not necessarily a conference. Yeah, you might not be on a stage speaking in front of you know 1,500 people at some conference, but if you're speaking to 30 at a company somewhere in, you know, cool in Berlin, Germany or something like that, and you're getting paid, I think that's a win-win. Yeah, no, it's definitely a win-win. It's just, okay, finding the company and then, you know, you having a topic that they're saying, yeah, we want to pay you to come and train us on this. The, the consulting is interesting to me, Jared, because I've had several, um, I had a coaching client this week that signed a $85,000 consulting contract. She's an engineer. So she's, you know, she's got the education and blah, 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 all that stuff. But she's not training on engineering. She's not consulting engineering. She's consulting on the company's processes, the processes that they're using for different processes that they're using in their business. 
and making it more efficient. And she's using her engineering training background to help them be in a more efficient company. So that happened. I had a coaching client who signed a $2,900. So just $2,900, but is going to go do some consulting work, some social media consulting at a company in Argentina. And they're paying for all his travel. So it's not a lot of money, but he's going to Argentina. They're paying him $2,900. He's got to go there for a few days. <laughs> so it's there's a lot of opportunity, Jared. No, there is. And sometimes you have to create those opportunities yourself. Like uh, the cruise we're going on this next week. This isn't a cruise we're just going on just to go on. This is a cruise that we organized and we put it out there to our communities and people signed up. And as a result of that, I, you know, I'm, I'm a, not saying this to be boastful or bragging, but my wife and I get to go on this cruise. We're not having to pay for it. Uh, we, we have a you know, group of people that are going. And, um, you know, this is going to end up being something that we actually see a check from. And yeah, it's work. It's not an easy thing to put together and organize. But we get to go on a cruise, my wife and I, and, and my daughter's going to be with, uh, you know, Rachel's mom. And uh, I'm so, so, so I think, jealous. You know, so, well, yeah, but I don't say that to make people jealous. I just say sometimes you have to just say, hey, I, I'm going to suspend disbelief. I'm going to pull a Kamanzi and I'm just going to, you know, put it out there. And, and we put it out there actually on one of the recent episodes. I guess people are interested in the Star of the Doubts cruise. And we actually got a, a really good response on that. There was a number of people said, hey, if you put together a cruise, I'm interested. So stay tuned. That may be something we end up doing. Yeah. It's very likely too. if you live in the Florida area, it's very likely Jared and I, we're going to do our our book launch in Florida where Jared lives. I'm going to fly over there to Florida. So it's very likely if you're a Starved It Outs listener, you're anywhere near Florida, we can meet. We can have a meetup. You can come hang out with us for our book launch. Yeah, it looks like that's going to be about mid-January, January January 16th, most likely. So we'll, we'll give more detail on that coming soon. But it's going to be nice to have Kamanzi in South Florida. I'm looking forward to that. If you take anything away from this episode or any of the episodes that we've done recently, it's just that you never know what you're going to get. You never know what could happen if you don't do anything about it. If you sit there and say, you know, that's great for Kamanzi, that's great for Jared, that's great for so-and-so, and then you just stay in disbelief, it's never going to happen for you. But if you can say, I'm at least willing to explore. I'm at least willing to to see what's possible. That's when you can take those first few steps and that's when you can have the opportunities happen in your life. That's so true, Kamanzi. I've I've fought this idea of, oh, I can't, I won't say I can't, but I'm not interested in this coaching stuff because I've seen so many examples of it done wrong. Not you, Kamanzi, but many (laughs) others. And a lady reached out to me about helping her with a podcast. And I thought, oh, I don't want to be a podcast coach. Everybody else is podcasting, you know, training people how to podcast. I'm just going to be the Me Too guy, which an older episode of Started Out. So we, we interviewed uh, Syed Balky from um, WP Beginner. He talked about, you know, don't be the Me Too guy, you know, be different. So if I'm being a podcast coach, that's just being like everybody else. And this lady reached out to me, said she wanted me to help her. I respect this person. This is a person who's been a guest on the show. And so we worked it out. We figured it out. And I, I sent her an invoice and she paid it. And now I'm helping her with her podcast. And I think, okay, that's cool. I'm excited to have that opportunity. But at the same time, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm still fighting this become a coach person <laughs> mentality. Come on. Yeah. Well, don't think of yourself as a coach. Think of yourself as a counselor or encourager or whatever you want. Just somebody yeah. who's helping other people. Yeah, I have to, man. Because I, I just see it's like every time I open my 
open up my Facebook. I don't know if you deal with this, Kamani, but every time I open up Facebook or social media, it seems like everybody is an expert. You know, and it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm getting kind of weary of everybody and their mom being an expert. We, that's need kind to, of, <laughs> we need to put that on the list. Everybody's an expert. That's a good topic. Everybody's an expert, you know, and, and, and I, I've actually joked with some friends who are not in the podcast space, who are not in the online business space. And they say that they hate that. They're like they're always on Facebook and they're seeing all this stuff like everybody's an expert. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's time to, to be less of an expert and just be a friend. Be <laughs> you know a what I mean? Friend. Yeah, that's that's how you stand out. I see a little bit of that, but more what I see is the the ads and the people talking about living the laptop lifestyle. And that oh. makes me cringe. <laughs> Gag, dude. Seriously. I, I, when I see an ad like that, I unfollow it. I say, I don't want to see this ad. So I've seen enough of that stuff. But anyway, that that's off topic. So in terms of international stuff, we definitely strongly encourage people to think globally, look for unique ways to, you know, to test the waters internationally. It might be, you know, you're reaching out and attempting to speak or consult or, or maybe you're putting together a, a group of people to go check out Spain or something like that. You know, there's all kinds of cool things that you can do, but it starts with you taking a little bit of action. I think Kamanzi and I are always open to having little Twitter chats about this stuff. So if you want to tweet to us, you can do that. And Kamanzi, I think in closing, let's just talk about one of your favorite international experiences. And then we'd love to hear from you on what your favorite international experience is. So Kamanzi, what's your favorite international experience so far? Favorite international experience would be, I would have to say it was Israel 2013. And Mm -hmm. I would say it's because as a Christian, being able to go and to see the Bible come alive. So to be able to see where John Baptist baptized Jesus, to be able to see the Mount of Olives, to be in the old city and to see the walls of Herod, to go to Haifa, Israel, and see like the amphitheater, see where the the races and the Colosseums and all that was built. I would say that's been my experience so far, just seeing the Bible come alive. And then to see like the field, I can't remember what the field is. The field is where like the Battle of Armageddon is going to be fought. To see all that Oh, and then, and of course, Bethlehem going to the West Bank. To get to Bethlehem, you have to go out of Israel. You have to go into the West Bank in Palestine, and you have to cross this wall. That's like the biggest wall I've ever seen in my life. And then on top of it are all these Israeli soldiers with machine guns, and it's it's pretty terrifying. But to, <laughs> to be able to cross out of Israel into Palestine to go to Bethlehem to see where Jesus was born, to see the manger, to see the cave, to see all that, we have to cross into Palestine. So I would say that's my, I really look forward to it in a week to go back to see the history again. I don't think I'll ever get enough of that to see where Jesus was crucified, to see that it's just, it's going to be surreal and it's going to be amazing. But that was my favorite experience so far, I would think. Well, we definitely look forward to the pictures. And yeah, for those of you who are listening, if you've had a cool international experience, whether it's no matter where it is, we'd love for you to share that with us on Twitter and you can use the hashtag Star of the Doubts. All right, so Kamanzi, we got a couple of episodes that are going to be coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about 2016 and some of the things that you're planning on doing then. And and then we're also going to talk about webinars in an upcoming episode. <laughs> I know you have some uh, interesting takes on webinars. So anyway, we hope uh, people are enjoying this. We'd love to hear from you. What what are some episodes that you want to hear about? What are some things that you're interested in the conversations that we're going to have on this show? So we'd love to hear that feedback. So Kamanzi, thank you again. And our next talk will be chatting about 2016. Mahalo.
think the easiest thing to do, well, a couple easy things to do is one, find a company that has offices in different countries, especially if it's somewhere where you live, you live like in a bigger city, like a Texas or a New York or whatever. If you live in a bigger city, there's companies that have offices all over the world. It would be easier to approach that company, maybe do some training there and then see about going to their offices in other parts of the world. That's the company that I'm doing that I did in Spain and in Morocco. That's exactly what happened. Did a few of their offices. Now they want me to come to the rest. The other way to do it is to just find conferences to find them. So using like Google or in years, I mean, it must have been a year ago, Jared and I talked about how to book paid speaking. Use a site like Lanyard, Lanyard.com, L-A-N-Y-R-D. Yep. So, uh, so there's another site called allconferences.com, allconferences.com, and it's just a directory of all conferences all over the world. The thing is that an American speaking at a conference in another country, even in this day and age, is still a draw for that conference. They'll get a few more people to sign up. It's interesting. I know when I spoke in Israel in 2013, I was the only English speaker. 